Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Financial hurdles can feel just big and heavy and all-consuming. But I also believe that subtle, tiny shifts can hand the power back over to you and allow you to start building a life towards financial independence. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I know for so many, finances are heavy on our minds this year. It's been this year of challenge from every direction, a global pandemic, a national civil rights movement, and tons of personal reflection and changes with life living at home. And with it has come shifts to the economy, many intense and scary, and some long-term effects are still unknown. I know there are people all over the world worrying about finances, if not totally hurting because of them, and I am always amazed at those who find the courage to find opportunity in the midst of hurt. When everything on the outside feels out of control, I do my best to return to this. What can I control? What do I have power over? What can I actually change? What habits, routines, or thoughts can I shift so that I don't stay feeling stuck? These questions guide us towards a small adjustment in thinking with big results on how we show up in our lives and in the world. And I truly believe that change in our own lives can start with these small, simple shifts inside of each one of us. I love the Lao Cha quote that says, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. And it's also true, right? I know it seems like a big jump that something as innocent as one thought can become our destiny, but usually one thought isn't a singular standalone thing. Like we repeat stories and narratives and beliefs and ideologies to ourselves, both about ourselves and about the world around us, as well as the outside world. And those thoughts often guide our reality, our lived experience. 
So while financials are a big top of mind topic these days, let's talk about financial habits that successful women possess. Because even though things might feel shaky and unpredictable in the economic climate, you do have control over how you show up in your life and in this world. You have power over your approach to money, how you handle it, and your belief systems around it. And while none of these are quick fixes or band-aids for deep-seated financial strains, they can be tools to adjust your mindset and behaviors around money to slowly build habits that function as tools for financial success, growth, and independence. My hope is that you take pieces of today's episode and start small with building them into your daily routines and rituals. Just like so many of the important things in life, there is a no fix it button for financial habits. It's a slow and steady process with consistent intentional thought and action behind it. But I believe that every woman is capable of taking charge of her finances and owning her financial future with confidence. And here's how. Let's dive on in, shall we? Thanks to Trends.co for supporting Gold Digger. Trends is a knowledgeable hub from the hustle where you can expand your network and discover the next big business idea before it explodes. Go to trends.co slash gold digger to start your $1 two-week trial. If you want to get more dream customers on your website and into your funnels, you'll want to dive into the new book from my dear friend, Russell Brunson, ASAP. Get a free copy of his book, Just Cover the Shipping at jktrafficsecrets.com. That's jktrafficsecrets.com. Number one, a successful woman isn't afraid to know her finances. She knows that numbers mean power, even if the numbers are less thrilling than she'd hoped for. When you're regularly checking in and you have an awareness of where your money is going, you have a different level of knowledge for what your goals can look like and for how you can be using your finances to better your world and the world outside of yourself. Having a healthy understanding of your finances, and I mean every aspect of your finances, from your debt to your income to your investments to your savings and beyond, this is what allows you to begin taking action from a place of confidence, even if the action is teeny tiny steps towards a savings goal or buying a car in cash or whatever that might look like. If you scroll back and tune into past financial episodes, you'll notice a trend that women like Tiffany Alicia, Berna Anat, Dominique Broadway, they all said this, knowledge is power and numbers, they don't have to be scary. We've linked to their episodes in the show notes of today's episode that you can always find at golddiggerpodcast.com. But trust me, all of the experts point back to the numbers as facts to guide financial decisions. Using a personal finance tracker can make it so easy to view your finances from a bird's eye view, as well as digging deeper into things like interest on loans, spending categories, and those other nitty gritty details. I know there are tons of smartphone apps out there that can help with this, like Mint, which is great for saving money and cutting spending habits, or YNAB, also known as Yanita Budget, for savvy budgeting support, and Personal Capital, which tracks your wealth and spending. Just spend time each week and month getting to know your finances at first if this isn't a regular practice for you yet. I know it can be easier to just trust your automatic payments are doing their thing, or maybe it's just anxiety-inducing to open up your bank accounts and begin digging around, but often the things that make us uncomfortable at first allow us to grow the most over time, right? 
So do the Mel Robbins trick. Have you heard of this? She coined it the five second rule for hard things. Like when you know you don't want to get up in the morning or you would rather snooze and snuggle in your covers for over an hour or when you're procrastinating, starting a new project or hey, even putting off opening up that bank account and digging around a bit. She says, just give yourself five seconds and then go. Like, don't even think about it. Go five, four, three, two, one, go. Literally count down to yourself and then dive into those numbers and keep on diving in. You might find it to be, dare I say, even a little bit of fun to start tracking and seeing small places you can cut back or adjust your spending to save or invest more in the long run. Number two, a successful woman has a budget. Now, when I was a kid, we had to do chores around the house and each week we would earn about $3 once we completed our given chores. So we would dust and vacuum and scrub the bathroom floor and we had to do our weekly chores before anything else happened. Once we got our $3, we had to put them into three separate jars. I remember I had three mason jars on my shelf in my bedroom and they were each labeled. One said saving, one said spending, and one said donating. Each week, $1 went into each jar, and that's how I learned as a kid what was for saving, spending, and donating. Now, my senior year of college, I had to take a personal finance class, and I could not believe that it's not a requirement for every single student. I sincerely hope that's changed since I graduated. We had to take what we thought was going to be our starting salary, and for me, I had already had a confirmed job, so I knew what that number would look like, and then break down all of our expenses and essentials and make sure that they would fit within our salary expectations. It was my first time balancing my rent, utilities, student loan payments, and other necessary expenses against what I would be making at my first grown-up job. And honestly, it was mind-blowing. Like, I wasn't new to budgeting, but it felt more serious, like, in this new way. So many people don't have a grasp on what they're spending versus what they're making. And while maybe you don't need to have a serious spreadsheet that allocates every penny that you make to go somewhere, it's extremely beneficial to weigh your income against your expenses to make sure that you're being smart with your money and not overspending on things that don't make sense. Financial planning company Fidelity recommends a good rule of thumb to follow in allocating about 50% of your take-home pay to cover your essential expenses. So that's things like rent or mortgage payments, car payments, healthcare, student loans, utilities, groceries, gas, the things that you need to pay for each month. What wouldn't be included here or deemed essential are things like a haul from Sephora when they're having a killer sale. I see you. Entertainment, travel, your favorite latte from a local coffee shop. Like you get the point. Now, that's not to say that you can't budget for these things, but they just don't fall within that 50% of your take-home pay necessary expenses category. Fidelity then says to save for emergencies and unexpected bumps in the road by putting aside 5% of your take-home pay. Dave Ramsey is also a big proponent of building an emergency fund that covers three to six months of your living expenses in case something happens to your job or some unforeseen emergency comes up with your health or your car or your home or your pet or something else substantial. So this is different. This is not your savings for a big trip or a new car, and it should essentially go untouched unless you truly have an emergency that you need to deal with. And then after paying for that emergency, you'll want to work towards building this fund back up as soon as you can so that you're ready in case anything else happens. I know it sounds almost alarmist to have this big emergency fund for the scary unknown, but you might be surprised how confident and assured it can actually make you feel to have this backup ready to fall back on if you ever need it. 
And then finally, Fidelity says to put aside 15% of your pre-tax income towards retirement. Now, the other allocation suggestions were for your take-home pay, and this one is pre-tax, so it'll be a different number to calculate from. After analyzing hundreds of financial situations, Fidelity found that 50% of take-home pay towards essentials, 5% towards unexpected expenses or an emergency fund, and 15% of pre-tax income for retirement breakdown creates a strong chance of maintaining financial stability now and for continuing your current lifestyle into retirement. This 50 15 five rule is totally a suggestion. And most important thing is that you know your finances and you're smartly allocating them so that you can cover your necessities, you can save for retirement, and you can save for those extras and emergencies. You'll find the numbers that work best for you and your family. And those personal finance apps I mentioned earlier are super helpful for easily budgeting without it becoming all consuming. Number three, successful women set financial goals. We knew early on in business ownership that we wanted to try and pay off all of our debt as soon as possible and pay for our personal expenses in cash if possible. Now, this did not happen overnight. It was a huge, huge goal of mine. And I've shared before that I've really struggled with money mindset issues. And part of that includes hating debt. Like I hate debt. Now, as a teenager, I first opened up a credit card at Victoria's Secret because, well, you got a free pair of underwear every single month. Yes, that was a credit card perk that I could get behind. And my mom actually encouraged it, using it as a tool to teach me about credit and using credit wisely. I would literally buy one thing a month, bring my checkbook in, pay it off on the spot, and collect the free underwear. Talk about good motherhood lessons 101. Now, right now, we don't choose to use credit cards anymore except for business expenses so that we can collect frequent flyer miles and get benefits back, but it also helps us to separate our finances and keep our business and our personal expenses fully separate for accounting purposes. So that's how we use credit cards now. Now, early on in my business, paying down all of our debt and eliminating credit cards from our personal expenses, it was a massive, substantial goal to work towards. But we began chipping away at our student loans and our mortgage. And eventually, we were able to become debt-free, which felt like such an enormous weight off of our shoulders. I chose and opted to pay myself less than what the business was bringing in for years and years and years because I knew that we could live off of my old salary. And for so many years, I just paid myself the minimum on what we needed based off of our old budget so that we could build up our savings and pay down our debt. Now, your financial goals, they might be totally different. Maybe it's saving a certain amount of money for travel each year or being able to pay for your child's college tuition eventually or paying off your credit cards that have racked up over the years. No matter what that goal is, it is important to just simply have financial goals to work towards so that you're not just spinning your wheels working only to make money with no vision behind it because that can get old really fast. Always set SMART goals. We talk about SMART goals all the time. SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely so that you can clearly work towards something that keeps you motivated and on track. Money is merely a vehicle towards freedom and independence and, yep, even joy in some ways, but you have to let your values drive your financial goals so that you're using money not in a greed-filled way, but to drive your life towards a vision of life that you desire for yourself and for your family. 
I've got a book recommendation for you. I'm so excited about this book for a hundred reasons, but let me put this simply. If you want to get more people on your website and into your funnel, snag a free copy of Traffic Secrets by my friend Russell Brunson at jktrafficsecrets.com. Just cover shipping and the book and the knowledge are all yours. Now this book, it's incredible. And I'm not just saying that because there's an entire chapter inside of it inspired by me, I promise. If you want the strategies and methods that Russell has perfected for bringing more more traffic to your platforms, get this book. I even give away some of my Instagram growth secrets in chapter number 10. So I want for you to get your hands on it, get a free copy of this book, just cover the shipping at jktrafficsecrets.com. Russell combined years of research plus his incredible traffic secrets to get more eyeballs and more dream customers onto your site and into your funnels. This book is free, just cover the shipping. If you head to my link, jktrafficsecrets.com. Are you curious about what's next for the entrepreneurial space we're all working in right now? Maybe looking for ways to expand or pivot as we approach the end of 2020? I've been hanging out at trends.co and soaking up new ideas and knowledge that I'm so excited to lean into for the last quarter of the year and into the next. Trends is a knowledge hub from The Hustle that gives you access to a community of industry leaders in virtually every field where you can learn how to capitalize on emerging opportunities. You can also workshop your own ideas, network with other entrepreneurs and investors. Trends features weekly live lectures where experts teach you lessons on topics such as growth strategies, SEO, or how to send the perfect cold email. They also have exclusive research such as data on thousands of successful Kickstarter projects or the 30 companies defining the future of media and pop culture. I'm enjoying the trends community so much. I want to share it with you. Right now, you can get your first two weeks for just $1. Go to trends.co slash golddigger to start your $1 two-week trial. That's T-R-E-N-D-S dot C-O slash golddigger for your $1 two-week trial. Number four, successful women plan for the future. When I was a baby, my grandparents made a college account for me. So for every birthday and holiday, instead of giving me a card with money, they invested $20 into that account. And then they would give me a statement with the amount that was currently in that account. They also told me that they would generously match what I was willing to put in to teach me how investing worked. So for example, if at my birthday party, I got $100 in cards from all of my relatives, I had to decide how much I was willing to part with in that moment to understand that I would get it back doubled in the future. Now, as an eight-year-old who really wanted a Barbie, this concept was really hard to understand, but slowly I learned and would part with more money, understanding that someday in the future, even if it was a decade or more away, it would be worth it. By the time I graduated high school, I had enough in that small account to help cover my new laptop and some of my freshman year tuition. I love the lessons that my elders taught about saving and setting money aside now, trusting and understanding that it would be worth it down the road. Now, we talked a bit about saving for retirement when we were talking about budgeting, but we didn't talk about why it is so, so, so important, especially as an entrepreneur. Having a retirement fund, whether it's a 401k or an IRA or something else, is a non-negotiable in your financial planning journey. And I get it, like a lot of it sounds so confusing for entrepreneurs and those at corporate jobs alike. So it's important to get advice from someone that you trust and who's knowledgeable about retirement savings. I am not an expert on this, but I am a huge encourager of it. 
A lot of entrepreneurs specifically pour much of their finances back into their businesses, which at times is 100% necessary, but you also have to start thinking about your future just as much as the present. You don't want to work yourself to the grave. Like, remember, your hard work now only pays off if you're putting aside enough to live off of later. I put myself on payroll when I was a full-time photographer because I was working and making basically all of my money for one year in just six months of the year. Welcome to the wedding season in the Midwest where weddings literally take place from April to September and then it kind of hits a dead season. And basically for me, I was making all of that income in those six months and then the rest of the year was bone dry for my income. So I created a payroll with the help of my accountants and I paid myself way less than what the business was bringing in because I knew that I could live off of it longer when I wasn't working as much. We've always maintained a pretty low payroll for myself because we want to continue saving for the future and for our children's future. So determining and knowing what your enough point is helps to determine how much you truly need to pay yourself. I've talked about this a bunch before, but knowing your enough point is more than just knowing your necessary expenses. It's knowing how much you need to pay for all of those essentials, plus the extras that you desire in order to reach your financial goals or your personal desires. Your enough number is not going to look like anyone else's who's in the exact same season of business as you because it's a deeply personal figure and based off of your own wants and needs. Ideally, you're making enough to cover that enough point and then the rest can go towards savings, investments, debt, and giving back. Your enough should be what you really need in order to make ends meet and to feel comfortable enough without overextending your finances or undervaluing yourself. Figure out where from the leftovers you can save money for retirement or put it back into the business. For those who work a nine to five job or don't own their own business, you can still practice owning your enough number by negotiating your pay to reflect those goals. And here's the thing, negotiating your salary isn't just a quick decision for a more comfortable life right now. It can pay dividends down the road too. Think about it. Like any future jobs you get, you can communicate what your previous job paid you and just improve and make more from there on out. It's a huge, huge thing that women don't often advocate for. So my friend, I know finances are not the easiest thing to talk about or even to think about sometimes. They can be stressful and overwhelming and financial hurdles can feel just big and heavy and all-consuming. But I also believe that subtle, tiny shifts can hand the power back over to you and allow you to start building a life towards financial independence. Things like thoroughly knowing your finances, as in-depth as if you're going to go stand in front of the sharks on Shark Tank, plus building a budget that makes sense for you and your goals, creating those financial goals that excite and motivate you, and preparing for your future by saving for your retirement starting now. You don't have to do them all at once, but just pick one and begin honing in and exploring it, build on it with others. And before you know it, you'll build momentum and a deeper awareness of your finances that allows you to make informed decisions and empowers you to know your worth and make improvements based on that, not on fear or insecurity. You have the control to make changes and shifts to own your financial future. I know you are capable and more than that, I know that you deserve a life of financial security and confidence. Now is the time to go and get after it. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? 
you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 